Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Your host, Gregorio Leoni, will have smart discussion with experts, thought leaders, and friends on customer experience, transformation, innovation, and leadership. I hope you will enjoy the next episode. Ladies and gentlemen, today is really a big, big pleasure. I have Alex Mead with me. Thank you very much for accepting my invite, Alex. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And um, as we've explained, my monitor is over there, my laptop is there, my iPad and iTablet are over there. So to look at you, I can't see myself. So if anyone thinks this weird guy isn't looking at Gregoria because he hates him, it's not. It's the camera setup. So hello. <laughs> Alex, we are pleased that you are here and that you are sharing your thoughts on customer experience and on leadership and the technical setup. To be honest, we don't care about. We care about <laughs> we care about what you are saying and who you are. And I am really pleased that you accepted my invite because it's always easy to invite guests on a podcast, on a show, and always compliment themselves and say, You are doing a great job, it's outstanding, your book is great, right. and so on. It's <laughs> something that I am doing and I like it because I like the Six community. However, I really wanted to have you on my show because I think it's also important to get an older view and not somebody that is always following the same flow as all the others. And therefore, we will have a discussion outside of customer experience to try to really understand what Alex is thinking about the customer experience landscape. And But I respect that a lot. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me because I know my opinion is slightly different to others. So I appreciate the offer very much. Thank you. Yes, but we, we cannot preach that we like diversity without not really living that. And therefore, I invited you. But before we start discussing, Alex, could you please introduce yourself? Okay, so I'm Alex Mead. Um, I'm getting far too old, although I'm told I look younger than my actual age, so I won't reveal that. Um, uh, I, um, I used to play football. I wanted to play for Southampton. I sang in a band. I still sing in a band. I thought I was Bono. I want to be in U2. But somehow I ended up be doing custom experience. So many years ago, I was a contact center agent with a headset on. I've, I've done all the, the jobs from the lower level to the mid, middle level to the senior level. And now I, um, I work in CX, but I'm not a practitioner or a consultant. I literally am hired by companies to be in charge of all the people that handle CX. And we'll obviously discuss what CX means. Uh, and typically the, the board, the CEO, will say, right, you're in charge of our customer, whatever, Please make it better because, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's either badly broken or we just want to make more money. And, and that's what I do. So uh, clearly we all have theory, but I have to deliver on the theory. So, so that's what I do. And I find myself, uh, people say, Alex, God, your energy, Jesus. And I can't turn it off. It's like there's an inbuilt thing in me that just wants to constantly give every customer the best possible experience, which means I'm forever going to be frustrated because that's not possible, of course. <laughs> that's a great introduction I hope that you will not be frustrated by this discussion but let's the game start welcome to my pitch and the first question I would ask you it's what's your view on the actual customer experience landscape okay um, so yeah that's a simple question but quite a complicated one so first of all what is customer experience and I, I won't give a long to me it's two very separate things and I've made a lot of noise about this. I think maybe five, even 10 years ago, the custom experience movement really grew. And custom experience before that, before that term came about, there was 
customer service, there was brand and marketing, there was operations, logistics, etc. All the usual aspects of a company operations. So to me, customer experience is made up of two very distinctly different things. And one of them, I think, is going really well. The other is going really badly. So um, the one that's going really well is the brand and marketing aspects of customer experience. Now you can sign in, you can see augmented reality, the personalization of offers. And clearly with coronavirus, you don't physically see things. So there's a lot of digital interactions. And if you have questions about buying something or personalizing offers, that really is getting very good. You sign in now, the offers are really slick and easy. But the other aspect, the customer service experience, is a lot of people think customer service experience is, only oh, I've got a complaint. No, to me, customer service experience is still every part of the customer lifecycle. So, hey, you've sent me this lovely personalized offer for these Adidas trainers. I like the fact you knew I'd like those. But I want to know, um, do you have them in a different color or a different size? Or if I order them now, can you guarantee delivery in three days? You really cannot ask that question. And then you've ordered them. There's... Sorry, that's the news alert. They're stuck in uh, the world of logistics. Uh, I can't see the tracking hasn't updated. Or they arrive and they don't fit or there's something wrong with the packaging. Um, That world of customer service experience is not improving at all from what I'm seeing. And the reason it's not improving is um, it's still got old school mentality. It's uh, We have call center queues. We have web chat. We have uh, even speech recognition. Well, customers just want to go to their mobile device scan the QR code of the box they've just received, press a button that says, hey, I want to return it. That's so far away from where we are now. Or, hey, guys, it's coming blue. I thought it was purple. Can you send me purple? They don't want to sit in an IVR queue. They don't want to spend 10 minutes on the chat. They want to go, damn, you deal with it. So customer service experience is bad because it's, even in its current guise, it's tough. We sit in call center queues. The chat agent asks us for our order number when he should already know it. But So that's bad, but where we should be, we're nowhere near that. That's my view on it. So great for brand and marketing experience. And one of the contentious points is a lot of CX people talk about journey mapping voice of the customer. I get all that completely, but it's really in the, the brand and marketing side of things. They're thinking journey map the voice of the customer so you can give them the best offers at the best time. It's not look at their customer journey when they want they have an issue or concern. And, and that to me is the bit that is the most broken part. Thank you, Alex. I, I think we, we, we could have a podcast only on this question, but as, as a matter of fact that I have you on, on this show, I think you were also sharing with me in the pre-discussion a short example where you were, that you were discussing with a big, big company. Perhaps do you want to, to share it with us? Absolutely. Well, they're the, the, the planet's most customer-centric company, according to their blurb, and there's a river in South America with their name on it, so there's a clue there. But um, yeah, I've, I've always had issues with Amazon, and Domestically, when I lived in the UK, I've been in the Middle East for two and a half years now. Um, you order, it's wrong, it's damaged, you can return it in a day, you get a refund, which was kind of their get out clause. But I always sometimes felt, okay, a refund alone, that's not actually solving the emotional side of things. And they may even give you a five, ten pound credit. But if I've ordered something, it's either for a specific personal need, and sometimes I need that to make this thing work. So, yeah, you give me a refund. That's three more days. I can't get my big 75-inch TV to work now because that adapter hasn't arrived or it's damaged. But also, um, what, what, what the story I shared with you is now I'm overseas. I still order from Amazon. There's not an Amazon in Bahrain, so it's either Amazon uh, Dubai, uh, UK, or US. Typically, I order. And UK is still the, the easiest and, and the best price. But I've ordered from Amazon Warehouse 
twice in the last two weeks, and I've ne- I don't think I'll use Amazon Warehouse again. So Amazon Warehouse is like the eBay version of Amazon. It's, it's returned items that are refurbished and resent out. But the description just says, this is a brand new item. The packaging may be uh, opened. Well, two weeks ago, I ordered a replacement shaver head for Philips Shaver. It's the wrong shaver head. doesn't even fit, but it's in the right box. So clearly some customer has switched it and returned it. And it was used. It had hairs in it. My God. So that's not very nice. And then um, this weekend, I ordered a, an Apple uh, original leather watch strap to go on my Apple Watch 7. And the, I opened the box. I could see straight away. That doesn't look like an original. It's a copy strap, and I've had that confirmed by an Apple store. So in, in two weeks, I've received a shaver head that is uh, not the right shaver head. It's been used. It's, not, it's in the wrong box. And a, a fake Apple Watch strap. This is from Amazon. We can say their name. So we all appreciate things go wrong. But after the, the chat session, all they've said is, we're really sorry about that. We can arrange a return or a replacement for you. Yeah, well, that, that's, that was your default position that made you amazing. But what about the fact I now have a razor I can't use for two weeks and I've got a watch strap that I actually ordered for a gift for someone for today that I, I can't give to them. And they don't ever even think about that. And you, you, you sort of in, intuit, well, I'm really sorry. Yeah, sure, I'm happy you're going to help me with the return and the refund. But this has happened twice. And what they always say is, I'm sorry, we will pass that to the appropriate department to ensure it doesn't happen again. I know, of course, there's nothing going to happen to prevent it ever happening again. But also, the culture of your company now is clearly stuck in the way that made Amazon big. And I actually think if they don't start adapting and changing the way that they help customers out, other companies will catch them up. In fact, I hope at least. So, yeah, it's, um, it's the emotional side of it, that, that really uh, the, the emotional intelligence aspect. That there's literally agents have scripts to say, I'm really sorry, we'll pass it to the appropriate department, rather than, Alex, God, I'm really sorry. That must be so bad. We've let you down. Um, here's some money. Go and buy some in a store around the corner. Wow, wouldn't that be cool? But they don't think like that, clearly. I think what you're saying, it makes totally sense and allow myself to, to make a short example or comparison. You are spreading a lot of energy about customer experience and we really feel that you are emotionally involved. You are a fan of customer experience. This is my <laughs> definition of yourself after these five or ten minutes that we are discussing. You are really completely emotionally involved and therefore it's really important to understand also also your view. And now you spoke about bad service or broken service, independent from which company, but do you have a definition of service excellence? Absolutely, yes. So um, I, I came up with the framework. I joined a parcel logistics company over a decade ago now, um, 11 years ago actually, that were delivering half a million parcels a day. And um, we had 100,000 phone calls in a day to say, Where's my parcel? Something's gone wrong. So one in five, we knew something was badly broken. And my original remit was, fix the call centers, Alex. Well, the call centers are clearly not the problem. There's something before that. So we spent a year and a half doing so many things. We were the first company, actually, to allow you to track your parcel and be told your parcel will be there between 1 and 2 p.m. And they're always kind of driven by, by my customer service uh, uh, strategy but we came up with a, a very simple mechanism we want every customer's question to be epic easy personalized intuitive and contextual so easy when i joined uh, and it, it's, it's an off-the-shelf thing that actually applies to every company honestly that there's you put your own flavor on it but easy basically means okay let me talk to you on the channel i want to talk to you so i'm in an app 
let me talk on the app or I actually want to phone you, make that easy or a web chat or social media, whatever. Personalized is, um, okay, as I start to talk to you, hey, Alex, good to see you again. We can see last week we delivered a parcel for you. Or we can see you have a parcel due for delivery today. So that's personalized. And then intuitive is, ah, we can see you're contacting us and we can see we told you we'd deliver your parcel by 11 a.m. It's now 3 p.m. Ah, so we can probably intuit. That's probably why you're contacting us. And then contextual is the most, the biggest failure in all of this. Um, oh, Alex, I can actually see you've ordered an anniversary gift. Hmm. So the context for that being late is probably much stronger than the context of a pair of socks. <laughs> you know. So, so um, we came up with this vision. We want everything to. Everything needs to be at least examined against those four pillars, easy, personalized, intuitive, and contextual. And when we assessed every process, they all failed on all four. Customers were sitting in call center queues for two hours. They couldn't contact us online. There was no personalization. We had no idea why they were likely to be contacting us. We didn't look at their parcel delivery status. We just said, hey, why are you calling or, or getting in touch? And there was no context whatsoever. So... Yeah, and um, that, that I apply now on airlines, in bottles of whiskey, in banking. Every time I think, okay, you can't always deliver Epic, but you at least have to consider it. And if you say, okay, we can't personalize it in that situation, here's why we've made a conscious decision, that's fine. So Epic is, is my tick list. That's, uh, that's really interesting and, and easy to remember. Epic, it's, is this the role of customer experience professional to design, create, and deliver epic experience or what's the, the role of a CX professional from your point of view? Yeah, again, so it goes back to my earlier point is what is a CX professional? So um, I, I would love that actually, and, and I, I'm often seen as critical of most of the CX influencers. I, I actually just think they're talking about different things. So I look at the background of a lot of great people and I think um, when, when they, as I said earlier, they, they don't really think about the contact center the web chat, the, the, the parcel delivery situation, the integration of social media. They think about other things, journey mapping, voice of the customer, analytics, insight, which are all just as important for CX. So um, I think it's the role of whoever is in charge of customer service experience in the organization. And one of the failures is um, there used to be 10 years ago a, a role of VP of customer service, customer service director. It was clear they were responsible for talking to customers and dealing with the issues. As I said earlier, the customer experience role has kind of diluted that or taken the eye off the ball of that. And now we have chief customer officers. And in theory, that should be their purpose. But the majority, look, 95% plus, they have marketing backgrounds. So they're not going to be the ones driving epic customer service experience. They're going to be driving their equivalent of epic marketing experiences. So, yeah, yeah. but in, in every role I do, the, the toughest part is establishing the landscape. Right? What am I looking after? What is in my mandate and what isn't? And often we'll end up changing very much the role they thought they were hiring before. And yeah, so whoever is in charge of the contact center should also be the person in charge of the digital interaction channels, the app design, whatever, and also in charge of the CRM strategy. And then they can basically have the insight to say, right, these are why customers have issues. This is why it's not easy, personalized, intuitive, and contextual. Here's how we can do move to, to improve it. But actually, a lot of customer service experience people, they, they don't understand the tech or the, or the digital. So that's when they would use the rest of the peers. But I seriously think that the starting point should be right. If I was a customer, that's what Amazing's would look like to me. And you don't need to be a 
McKinsey, Harvard expert. You just need to think like a customer. And and as you say, some of us have it as a natural inbuilt thing. And I think that's what needs to happen. And actually, just to be just to clarify, if you want to use journey mapping to do that, that's fine. (laughs) You know, so I often diss journey mapping, but journey map the customer service experience, not the customer experience, because that gets confused, I think. I think on, on customer journeys, there are also two levels of different discussion. One level is what you put on, let's say, PowerPoint and what you really deliver to the customer. And I think the big difference that I am seeing in the market, it's on the on the paper, every journey is perfect and, and it's working. And then the customers start going through this journey and the first issues uh, start popping up. And therefore, I fully understand what you're saying. And I can and I want also to confirm what you're saying. I think people need to work and to see how customer service is, is, is working, is living, that people are there and are trying to do their best every day over the phone or, or over other channels. And it's not, from my point of view, you don't need to be a call center agent or call center employees, but you need to take your time, sit next to a call center agent and understand what their issues. I, for a long time, I didn't do that. I was not there. And uh, when I started doing that, I learned what, what are the issues and where really to focus on first. Because we always speak, and you mentioned that, to create a new, a new digital channel. It's a chatbot. It's, a, it's a, an app or something like that. But let's fix first really the, the issues that people, that customer and employees have with the existing technology and then focus on the next one. I I really like your way of of speaking about customer service and starting from the service of of the customer. And perhaps from your point of view, also to be a bit critical in the discussion, uh, what skills are are missing to the customer experience professional or to the customer experience community? Yeah, so so for me... um, it's, it's frustrating because I have it, to me it's so obvious. And um, I, I, when when I look at these uh, executive assessments, Alex, you always think further ahead than other people. So you just got to take people on the journey. But I look at something and I straight away think, let's work on the, the premise. Ninety five percent, probably more of customers, they have an issue. They want to help themselves. That's the first thing. And there's a lot of people say, oh no, they like to talk to agents. Maybe in a very few rare cases they want to. So I'm on the Amazon app. Oh look, it's been um, it's been an issue. Let me press a button and tell you why it is. You deal with it. I don't want to be in a web chat queue. And and if you give me a, a bit of money on top, that's great. But at least I've now arranged the return. So the the skill that's missing is literally let's start with the start of the journey. And often um, you'll you'll find in a company there's a CX. Uh, practitioner or whatever there's a different digital team there's a different app team so the skill i think i need is just someone who starts with okay 99 percent or 95 percent plus of customer journeys start with going to a customer service style solution channel and that should be your app so you're on twitter you're on facebook you're on instagram how can you give an answer there or you've got an app or a website and and Literally, it starts with okay, and I, I've got a very simple framework that starts with. I don't think in any company there are ever more than six to eight primary reasons why a customer will want to get in touch. So what I would do, and this is a skill that you don't, I don't think you get trained in CCXP or these things. It's something that just think in a much simpler way. So the first thing is right: is your question? Take a generic example: is your question about a brand new order, an order you've already made, or an order you've received and you want to return? That would be the three examples. Okay, it's about a brand new order. You click on that. 
these are the last five orders you've been browsing, Alex. Is it about one of those? Yes, yeah, this one, Ching. Okay, what is it about that order? Mm, I want to order it, but I want to know if it will definitely be here by four o'clock tomorrow. So think like that. And then you think about, okay, is it about an order you've already made you haven't yet received? It's this one. Okay, you don't have to type in your order number. It shows you the orders you've made. Click on that one. Ah, Alex, we can see um, there's been a carrier delay which is that awful, there's been a carrier delay, that's what they literally say to customers. So use a different message. There's been an issue with our delivery. Um, we can't now guarantee it for tomorrow. So here are the options. Cancel it or we'll give you some money, go and buy it in a physical store. You know, and then the third one is, um, okay, here's an item you've already ordered and you say you've received it and there's an issue with it. You click on that, what is your issue? Let's think of that, there'll be no more than four or five issues. Don't like it, it's broken, it's not as described, it doesn't fit, don't like the color, you know. And so just think in terms of very simple icons, and, and you don't need to have chat channels designed, okay? You're in a chat session. If you just do it in a very simple, modern thinking way, so okay, your question is about a new order, an order you've already made, or an order you've made you don't, you're not happy with, show the order, show the part of the journey, and then show the customer the ability. To, to do something with that. And then at any stage, if self-help doesn't work, say, okay, you want to talk to an agent now or talk to a human being? Press this button. Now choose your channel. We're not going to force you down a channel. And you know what? That can include request a callback. Because what you've done when you've gone through these, okay, it's about this order, it's about this thing, behind the scenes, you need to use all the data. So I know this is Gregorio. He's a high-value customer. And actually, he's a very big social influencer, so we better tread carefully. And that thing he's just ordered, we can see it's high value. So actually, he can request a callback right now. He doesn't even need to go through AI. But if it's, if it's Alex, and Alex is one of those pain-in-the-ass customers, he's got no social presence, he's ordered a pair of socks, just push him down the self-help channel. And actually, so it has to start with how should the window dressing appear. But then the biggest part of the skill is, okay, how do we do that? because you get so many cul-de-sacs. You need to understand how we can deliver a multi-channel routing engine where we can integrate Twitter, Facebook, WhatsApp into our CRM strategy. How do we understand CRM workflow? How do we link that to our ERP system that can tell us that parcel's there with that carrier? And literally, it's, um, I know it because I've only ever done it for far too many years now, but I think I would love that to be a separate bunch of skills taught in themselves. And I've seen some of the CCXP classes and courses, and they don't really talk about any of that stuff at all. They allude to it. So I think that's a skill, almost like go back to customer service experience and take that as a separate skill set in its entirety. Because a lot of what I've just described, I don't hear in any of the customer experience stuff. I understand what you are saying, but I allow myself from coming from another point of view. You mentioned this twice or three times, the CXPA or the CCXP. I think the, the CXPA is giving a framework that um, that offer five pillars now. So earlier was were uh, six pillars yeah. and explain um, how big, how complex customer experience it is. I am seeing this, these pillars from another point of view. It yeah. means that, that helps people that are not in customer service or not in customer experience since year, like you are, like other people are, yeah. and grieve and give a broader view because for some C-levels, customer experience is only voice of the customer because of the company, yeah. they speak only about voice of the customer. Or yeah. in other companies, they speak only about branding and therefore for them, customer experience is we have a good brand. And therefore, yeah. I think 
they give at least a, a simple framework that you can remember also as a C-level that customer experience is a bit more. On the other side, I fully agree, you cannot stop at this super high level, let's say the helicopter, uh, helicopter view, but you need to deep dive and then find out really what what are the customer expectation, customer dreams, customer customer needs. But at, at least it gives this overarching overview. And do you know what I um I, yeah. So again, um, Colin Shaw did a cheeky debate. Alex says we should ban all CCXP. I didn't say that at all. He did it just to get a, an argument going. But actually, I, I, taking the football analogy, I think it would be wonderful if um. To, so I'm I, I used to play football, a good standard, and I want to be a football manager. Right, first, Alex, you need to do some courses. So that's the first CCX, two, a one-day workshop. You pass the theory. So you've got now the learner badge. In fact, you're, you're now accredited to, to do more. You now need to spend one year with a League Two football club, working in their changing rooms, working with their nutritionist, working with their physical, you know, their tacticians. And then you come back, and then um, you do another set of uh, accreditations, and then you go to League One. And you go on, and then finally when you get to Stage 7, you're now a Premier League manager. Wow. And who wants to, well. People feel sorry for them. They get paid ten million pounds a year. They get fired. Who cares? Don't feel bad for them. But anyway, um, to get to that level, you have to have done the the theory, the practical, the theory, the practical across all the aspects. And and there's all these coaching badges. And I think the worry is, um, and I've seen roles literally advertised for customer experience directors here in the Middle East, and it's not just the Middle East in Asia too. Applicants must have CCXP. Only they will be considered. I'm like. What? So you're saying some guy who's got, not, not me personally, but I know people 15 years, really proven great customer experience credibility who are told they have to get a CCXP. So absolutely, if you're taking someone new or really ambitious who wants to be in a leadership position in some time, it's an absolutely great starting position. And I don't dispute that. But sometimes is seen as a badge of something it is not. It doesn't make you a CX expert in any shape or form. And that's my concern. No, and, uh, and, uh, and I really understand that it's important to have the practical side because it's really doing stuff, but you can also get, uh, get uh, some theory. And, and it, it totally makes sense. I was reading this morning in the newspaper that uh, Mr. Carlo Ancelotti, perhaps you know him, course, he, won, yeah, yeah. Uh, he won more than 21 trophy, three Champions League. Now he needs to do a course to keep the, 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 the capability to be wow. a trainer. Wow. <laughs> That's exactly right. And actually another the point um uh, we, we all know the big cx influencer names there's five or six or and sometimes they're still churning out stories about the ritz carlton and um the higher and disney i'm like that was 20 years ago dude you know <laughs> i don't hear you talking about i'm on twitter i want to get my customer service question answered on twitter twitter you know i don't hear them thinking anything more modern but hey I, these guys I, I respect them completely but you've got to keep relevant that's the thing you spoke about the past and I think I would like to go in the future together with you. Let's quickly close the eyes for one second and we are in 2030. It means yeah. 10 years. And uh, where what we are speaking about customer experience and customer service experience. Yeah, um, I don't think there'll be a word service or experience. It'll just be um, customer, be a new word that we haven't thought of yet. Um, customer, customer in a customer access, they'll go back to a simple word, customer solutioning, that's it, customer solution, I like that, a customer will need a solution, so I, as I said earlier, um, 
and I've been in China when I saw WeChat and, and uh, the whole world of, of WeChat is amazing. And I was working for a whiskey company and we, we created uh, packaging on the whiskey bottles with QR codes. People walking along the airport, if they see a bottle they're interested in, they scan the QR code, it pops up in, the app, in an app. Hey, we can see you're an existing customer. Did you know um, this whiskey will go perfectly with a bottle you ordered two years ago and you said you like that based on our feedback? All the customers done is scan a QR code. They haven't had to go into a chat or even a social media app session or a call center and say, "Hey, I saw some whiskey in the airport." How many, you know? It's uh, so it's going to be so much. Um, you shouldn't even have to type word. And the thing that actually I'm trying to pioneer in my current role is natural language uh, interfaces. So clearly they've been around a long while. They're still they're still not not great. But in eight ten years time, you should be able to go. Hey, Company X, um, that thing I ordered, I don't like the color of it. Can you um, tell me how I can get it picked up in half an hour from my office? That's going to be the future. You're not going to be sitting in queues. You're not going to be in chat sessions. Even in the last 10 years, you know, a minute, I think when I was younger, I'd be happy to wait two minutes. I wasn't stressed. Now if I'm waiting 20 seconds, I'm like, ugh. Imagine our kids. Oh, my God, two seconds. Forget it. I'm out of here. So everything will be instant. Uh, and the instant will be based on AI data analytics. So, Gregorio, we can see you're here. Here's, here's what we think you need, blam. But if we're wrong, tell us. And it'll be, yeah, I want, one, I want a blue one to go with the red one, please, Done. So it's going to be so far advanced from where we are now. But I do remember talking like that eight years ago. So maybe it still won't be here in 2030. But that's what I think we need to get to. No, but what you're saying, and, and to support what you're saying, is my son is four years old and he's able to speak with Alexa, but he's not yet able to use <laughs> iPad and iPhones. Wow, and therefore, exactly. this, this will be the interface they will, they will use because now I can uh, li- make light in the, in, the, in the dining room, I can uh, stop <laughs> and start radio and all this stuff, and therefore it, it totally makes sense. Hey, Alexa, order me a new iPad on Gregorio's account. <laughs> but Alex will pay for that. <laughs> yeah, if you had great AI, it would it would authenticate, and Alex would approve. Done. <laughs> Thank you very much for the present. Joke by side. We are going to the last part of our discussion, the last part of our match of our game. Um, Alex, my question is: I know that uh, you are really an expert. Is there a book that you would like to suggest to the audience that help you during your career or help you as a human being? Uh, do you know what? I, I've read so many CX books. I can't think of one that stands out. Um, here's a different answer. I love because uh, I, I I don't like to think about CX or practice. I like to think about human beings. So um, I love I love. The Stand by Stephen King, an amazing book. It's a, it's a fiction book. It's about a virus. It's like people should read The Stand now. It's a global pandemic that suddenly started, it killed, it killed 90% of the world. 90, so it's not as bad as coronavirus, but it has a fight against good and evil. And I love, I love you can picture the characters. It's so well written. It's 1,000 plus pages. It's, a, it's an amazing book. It's got global pandemic it's got good and evil a guy who's a demon god at the end saves the anyway i won't give you the ending so yeah but do you know what there's not but but i've met people i've met ceos who've mentored me really well there's a guy alan brown who was the ceo of rentical initial was amazing i literally um when he asked me to help with the, the logistics issue that i spoke about he backed me fully but he mentored me alex you can't tell our cfo there's bad morale and we have too many unhappy customers. You need to tell him, 
how much you can save him by improving morale and how much you can retain custom acquisition by doing this stuff. So, yeah, yeah and really, I, I, when I have these um, late-night glasses of brandy in rooms after conferences, that's when you get the biggest nuggets. And there's, there's many, many great people I can name. Sure. Thank you very much, Alex. And if somebody would speak to you, because you are also a great name in customer experience, uh, what's the best way to contact you? Oh, LinkedIn, I, I'm there, but um, my email address, it's no secret, it's on LinkedIn, is alexmead, A-L-E-X-M-E-A-D, at sky.com. Thank you very much. And the real last question, it's Alex Golden Nugget. It's something that we, we discussed or something new that you would like to leave to the audience. Yeah, um, I, think, I think you touched on it earlier. Just think like a customer, so go through all the stages, but then stand alongside the people that have to interact with those customers. So a uh, call center agent, if you get in a room of 20 call center agents or customer service people, anyone who, or even delivery drivers, hey, what are the issues? They will give you so many nuggets. And they will say, yeah, I raised it three years ago. It never happened. That's the most common thing. And you'll find out, okay, you, it's not just the idea. It's just finding out why it didn't happen last time. And that's something that um, often you see, every call center agent will tell you 50 things that are terrible. Um, and then you say, okay, did you hear about it before? Yeah, we tried it three years ago. Nobody did anything about it. You then have to follow that. Why didn't it get fixed before? And there'll always be a, a blocker that's a, a nonsensical blocker. Because if a call center agent or a delivery driver is telling you something is really bad and frustrating for them, it's bad and frustrating for customers, and it's costing the business money. Thank you very much. I'm not commenting that because that was Alex Golden Nugget. It was a great pleasure, I think. Alex, score at least a great, a great hat-trick. Thank you very much for your time, Alex. Thank you, Gregory. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate. And also to the audience, I hope that you enjoyed the discussion as much as I did. We spoke together with Alex Smith. It was really a great, great pleasure. Thank you very much. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it. Share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget... We are not in a B2B or B2C business, we are in a human-to-human environment. Thank you!